Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. At the moment in history is that Jesus has been crucified on the cross, then He's risen from the dead, uh, appeared to many people, and then He has ascended into heaven. As I talked about in the first week, uh, Jesus' first or, first or final instruction to His team, to His disciples, as He was about to ascend to heaven, was, um, was to go and wait. You know, really, really exciting instruction. Hey guys, get ready. Here we go. You're about to get on the field. Just wait. And so His first instruction to them was to wait, but to wait for something, to wait for the Holy Spirit that, uh, that Jesus promised would come and fill their lives. And so we talked about that even though that was a specific instruction to His disciples at the time, um, it's still a pattern that we can apply to our lives today, that there's, there's something about setting ourselves, setting time aside and setting our lives apart to God to wait on His power and His filling for our lives. And last week we spoke about, well, what's the purpose of this power? It's not just power for power's sake, but uh, it's, it's so that we can be a witness to Jesus Christ. So that with our lives, how, how we live them, our actions, and with the words that we speak, that we would be people that point others to Christ. Not because we're perfect, but because we've found a faith and a hope and a love in a Saviour, and His name is Jesus. And so uh, that's where we've been so far the last couple of weeks. And so today as we uh, finish this series and then next week move into our, um, our Christmas series, which is exciting. Who's in the Christmas spirit already? Yes, a few people. There's a few Grinches out there. I see you. It's okay. We have our tree up. We have our lights up. Um, I like just buying more Christmas lights. So we bought some more yesterday. Might accidentally buy some more from Bunnings later in the week. Sorry, but, um, but you know, just keep getting it up there. Just think um, Chevy Chase on the roof. What's that movie? You know, with the. Anyway, we won't, we won't go there. But so that's next week. We're, we're all excited for Christmas. Uh, Rachel's uh, preaching next week, which will, which will be awesome as well. Um, so good. Yep. Okay, if we're going to clap that, we need to clap that properly. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good. All right. Awesome. Okay, but um, today I want to speak about I want to speak about asking, asking. And you might think, oh, that sounds strange. Aren't, you know, church is always talking about giving, and yes, we do talk about that as well. But asking is important. Have you, have you ever asked for the wrong thing? You know, maybe you were taking everyone's coffee orders in the group and you messed it up. You know, maybe the person who ordered the, you know, the half-strength decaf latte on oat milk didn't get the right thing. I mean, are they really ordering coffee anyway? Probably not. Maybe it was their fault, right? But, but if you get the ask wrong, something, something happens. Um, this week at the uh, school where I'm uh, currently the school chaplain, they started to you know, go, th- go through the pigeonholes about the, uh, the good old, you know, the workplace secret Santa. Who's always excited by a workplace secret Santa? So good. No one is. Great. Um, and so anyway, this year they decided to do something different and there's like a little slip where you write your name and then three things that you like. And um, I just got that piece of paper and I just felt so much pressure because, you know, it's really easy to complain about a Secret Santa gift. 
No one ever does that. Okay, yeah. Ah, oh, chocolate again. Great. A box of roses. Just what I wanted. Ah, oh, socks that I'll never wear. Amazing, you know. And so I got this, this list in front of me and I just panicked. And so I wrote chocolate. And as I'm writing, I'm like, why am I writing this? I'm like, but I don't know what else to write. So I wrote chocolate, coffee. It'll probably be bad. Sorry, just being cynical. And then I wrote uh, overseas holidays for number three. So who knows? I could get some like, um, you know, international roast in a tin, or I could get sent to Hawaii. Let's, let, let's see what happens. But there's something about asking that's important. And I know today we said we're going to be in the book of Acts, but I want to read you this from Luke 11. Uh, this is one of the Gospels. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, So I say to you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you'll find. Keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, that was Jesus speaking to his disciples and telling them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Notice there's a place in there for the disciples to ask. Now, uh, this passage of Scripture, we won't go through the whole thing of it, but uh, from the start of that chapter on Luke, this, this part that we just read, it comes off the back of what's called the Lord's Prayer. Um, and the start of the chapter begins with one of his disciples asking Jesus, please teach us to pray. And so uh, Jesus goes, okay, when you pray, uh, pray like this. And he starts off and, and, and gives them a, a, a model prayer or some words to go by. He, he starts off with pray like this, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many of you may know the rest of that prayer. Um, and and it's, it's an important one. And it's, and it's a great way to pray because it gives us some, some words to pray when we're like, okay, pray to God. I'm not really sure what to do, but okay, I can go to Luke 11 and I, and I can read through that and pray to God. But it's not about necessarily whether we can recite a prayer, which even though is amazing and powerful, but, but the portion of Scripture that we just read, Jesus didn't stop teaching about prayer when he finished up the Lord's Prayer. He goes on to talk about this idea of asking, of seeking, and knocking. And while in the Lord's Prayer, He gives some words that we can use, then afterwards, He gives us the attitude and the approach that we should take to prayer, that, 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 that we take an approach to prayer that says, you know what, I, I, I'm going to have a persistent ask. I, I, I'm going to come before God and I'm going to not just try once, but I'm going to continue to put my life before Him. And so as we've talked about over these last few weeks, the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill our lives with power so that we can be on mission and our lives can be a witness to Jesus in, in, in word or action. We don't earn, work or demand the Holy Spirit, but we can ask. We can ask. Notice in this text we read there's this persistence to the ask. It's not just, you know, one time, please, Lord, let this happen. Uh, okay, not, not, not again. Uh, I keep going back to this because uh, I watched it as a teenager, and if you don't get this reference, it's okay. But uh, there's this scene in The Simpsons where, um, where Homer has a plate of cookies, 
and he's about to he's about to go to bed, and so he's doing as he does his Homer Simpson bedtime prayers, and he puts it next to next to his um, bed, and he says, "Dear Lord." Uh, please accept this offering of cookies that I'm presenting to you. Uh, if it is your will that I should eat them all, please say nothing at all. Amen. And then he waits about two seconds and he says, okay, Lord, your will be done. And then, and then he says, and sometimes we approach prayer a little bit the same way. Okay, God, can you help me? Nope. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm off, to, off to my business, off to try and work it out myself. God, can you fill me with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you about 20 seconds at the end of the meeting. I'm going to come forward. I'm going to lift my hand. One to 20. Okay. You haven't yet? Okay. Fine. See you later. Let's go. And we approach prayer in that same Homer Simpson, you know, chocolate chip cookie way. If that's the only thing you remember from the message, then maybe it's, it's a success, right? But, but we approach it like that. But God has called us to seek after Him. He's called us to be persistent. He's called us to have that persistent ask. Maybe like your, your kids have that persistent ask. I know, I know we don't all have children, but we've all been children at some point. There's the, there's the annoying ask that children have, like, Dad, I'm hungry, or Mom, I want this, or I don't want to go to school. Or it's like, well, the fact that you said wanna and not want to means that you really do need to go to school, especially English. So you're off. See ya. But then, but then there's the persistent ask. It's the humble, oh, mum and dad, or oh, dad or oh, mum, could we, could we please do this? I'll pay for part of it. <laughs> sure you will. Yeah, I'll clean up my room straight afterwards. Ah, <laughs> yeah, once. You know, I'll unload the dishwasher for a week straight. There's something, though, about that, that type of ask, that deep hearted desire, that, that, that's the type of ask that God is looking for. He's looking for that from us. And so, and so right from this morning, right from near the, near the start of this message, let, let's have that type of ask as we approach God, as we approach God in prayer, as we approach God for His filling of the Spirit. Let's come with a, with a not, I'm just going to give you 20 seconds, God. I'll give you this one shot. Just go for it. No, no. Let, let, let's, let's put our heart into it. Let, let's be open and ready for God to come and move in our lives. You see, to see the gospel spread across the city of Mandra and beyond, we need a people that are hungry and thirsty for the things of God, that desire the Spirit of God to fill us from from the inside out, to see the supernatural assignment that God has called you for, to become, to see that become a lived reality. We need, the, we, we need to see the body of Christ, that is us, encouraged and built up into maturity. And it will take a people that will ask and seek God for His power and His Spirit to come and fill us. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says this, Matthew 5 verse 6, He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's a hunger and a thirst for the things of God that He's wanting to build and, and, and to put into our lives. And so back to Acts, because I said we'd be in the book of Acts at the start. Uh, chapter 4, uh, Peter and John, two of the leaders of the early church there, they'd, they'd been brought before the religious leaders who had forbidden them to speak about Jesus and then threaten them if they, if they still did it. And as they go back to the church, the, the church gathers together and prays. And then this is the, this is the ending part of their prayer. This is Acts 4, 29 to 31. Uh, this, this is the church praying. It says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. 
while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Come on this morning, what an amazing desire and hunger from the early church to ask to be filled with God's Spirit, to ask to be used by God, to, to spread the Gospel, to make a difference in their world, in their workplaces, their schools, their, their, their universities. What, what an amazing heart they have right there, even though they've been threatened, even though they've been told you, you, you can't speak the name of Jesus by the religious leaders. There's still this burning desire in their hearts to be, to be like, no, no, we, we are doing what God says. We are on mission, no matter what the world or the enemy or anything else throws against us. We are doing that because we are seeking after God. And so this morning, I, I, I want to stir us to have that type of ask, to not just have a, oh yeah, I go to church on a Sunday and it was great, nice, yeah, nice message, yeah, nice people, had a coffee, it was pretty decent. Okay, yeah, like, let's go home, come back again next Sunday. No, 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 we, we, we want a persistent ask that says, you know what, God, I, I believe that you've called me for my workplace. I believe that you've called me to make a difference in my family. I believe that people need to come to Christ, that without Him, they are lost, and that I am only found because of the grace of Jesus Christ. We, we need a people that will ask and seek after Him. You know, so why as we sort of wrap up in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to give myself maybe less. Why, why, do we need, why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do we need to ask? Number one is this, if you're taking notes, is that we ask because our assignment is supernatural. It's not just normal. It's not just natural. What God has for you is supernatural. Does that mean it's going to contain fame, fortune, and you know, riches and everything else that you ever wanted in your entire life? Probably not, because that's not what we need. But it is going to be something of eternal worth. It is going to be something that, that pulls you out of just the mundane. You may still do the mundane, but you do it with a different perspective. You do it filled by His Spirit, understanding that He has called you to be an influence wherever you are. You see, God has an assignment for you which is far bigger and far broader. It's bigger and broader than having a good life, a nice family, doing some charity work, you know, retiring and then golfing or gardening or fishing or aqua aerobics or, you know, whatever, whatever your retirement dream is. And if you're living that retirement dream, enjoy. Have an amazing time. But still know that in that, God has a supernatural assignment for you at aqua aerobics, on the golf course. I pray that God has a supernatural assignment for me in retirement on the golf course, and that it includes actually being decent. You know, but, but whatever it is, God has got something for your life. We are called and commissioned by Jesus to partner with Him in building His kingdom, making disciples, and bringing heaven to earth. No small thing. It's a pretty big deal, right? But that's why it's a supernatural assignment. We don't carry the whole weight of that ourselves, but we understand that we are part of something bigger. It's the task of shaping our families, our workplaces, our schools, our universities, our businesses, our community, our companies, so that they begin to look like they would if Jesus was running them. If you're a school teacher here, what would your classroom look like if Jesus was running it? You're like, well, I'll tell you one thing. There's five kids I can tell you right now that he would have been, you know. But, 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 but what is it called? Your business that you're running, 
If Jesus was running your business, what, what would it look like? The workplace that, that you're in, what would it look like if Jesus came in to your position and brought his influence and his power? Because you know, that's what he wants to do with you and me. He, he, he wants to move in our lives and through our lives. You see, this is a big deal. It's a supernatural assignment. You know, parents and grandparents, you're called to a supernatural assignment to raise your children. We, we, we all know we need help. We, we need so much help raising our kids. You know, we, we're called for more than just, you know, making sure they stay out of trouble, get a good job and settle down. And God's got something bigger for their lives. You know, you're called to create an environment in your family where God dreams can flourish, where the next generation of Jesus followers are stirred to see greater things. You see, that's part of the power of, of child dedication with Scott and Danny this morning saying, you know what, we're dedicating Cody to God. We don't have it all together. I'm sure they'd tell you that if you, if you, if you ask them. We, we don't really know what we're doing, but we know that God has called us to do something powerful with this young man's life. And we know that that is a supernatural assignment. You see, you may have a job and a profession, and with hard work, the natural abilities and the giftings you've been given and developed over the years, you'll, you'll succeed and do well. And that's great. And God wants us to do that. But there's actually more. There's actually more than just that. You can stay on that natural level, and that's fine. But I believe there's an invitation from God's Spirit here, I believe there's an invitation to each and every person that is calling you into something greater. It might not necessarily be, be something new. It doesn't mean new profession or new workplace, but, but a new sense and reality, and reality that you are on a supernatural special assignment and that needs the power of the Spirit to fill your life. So we ask because our assignment is supernatural. And number two, maybe as Ben comes and joins me on the keys, we ask because we are frail and weak. You're like, oh, wow, that was a downer. <laughs> I thought this was a, like a pump you up message, you know, um, you know, Shia LeBeau, like, you can do it, you know, like, let's get out here and, 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 get, it, and get it happening. No, 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 no. There's, there's something about understanding that we are frail and weak. Author and pastor Scott Sauls in his book, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, says this. He said, the thing God wants most from you is an admission of your not-enoughness. God ignores your moral virtue resume because his deeper concern is not what you can do for him, but what he can do for you. You see, why do we need God's Spirit to come and fill us? Because we have a supernatural assignment, but also because we're frail and weak because we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. I was reminded of uh, this scripture during our, our prayer meeting on Friday morning and haven't been able to get past it since. Uh, Paul, who wrote this, it's in 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, he's speaking about the power of the Gospel, about uh, that Jesus is coming and saving the world and this amazing story that's, that, that's, that's true and that just changes history. And he says this from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear 
that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. That's the NLT translation. Some other translations will say earthen vessels. Uh, Others will say jars of clay. But I don't know about you, but I know that for me that I constantly need God's grace. I need His strengthening power in my life. And when we recognise our own frailty and weakness, it takes us into the perfect posture to receive the Holy Spirit's grace and peace and strength and encouragement. You see, we are all fragile vessels carrying the greatest news of this earth inside of us. The greatest news, like we celebrated with those getting baptised today, that we have been made new in Jesus Christ. That that verse where it says that the old has gone, behold, which means come and see, the new has come. That is the greatest news. But we do all that as fragile clay vessels that need the Spirit of God's power and grace to come and fill us. Book of James, near the end of the New Testament, chapter 4, 6 to 10, says this, And He gives grace generously. As the Scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash, you, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honour. What a powerful Scripture. As we come before God, open and honest about who we are. Open and honest about our failings. Open and honest about our weakness. The Bible says that the proud, when they come to God, it doesn't just say that God ignores them. It actually says that God opposes the proud. Like actively against. Like, like there's, 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 there's like nothing, I don't say there's nothing worse because I just thought that maybe there is, but it's, just, it's pretty clear that God does not respond to a proud heart. But what He does respond to is a humble heart. This is God, I need you so much. I need your Spirit to come and fill me. I can't do it in my own strength. God, I need you. And so this morning as we bring this to a close, I want to encourage you simply to ask. Let's ask. Today we're going to to pray in a few moments all together. We're going to close the service and then as we do every week, there's opportunity for people to come down the front